Outside Life from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Lots to do. Rick Delgado's here with the news. Rick Amirati's here with sports. Rick, if you need batteries during the show, let me know. I've got some over here. Uh, not a problem. Yellow. Hello. Man, oh, Yellow. Man. Uh, lots to do. Glad you're in on a Friday night. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus, Channel 1029. Of course, all our social media streaming exclusively at live from Studio6B.com. Glad you're in. Lots to do. What even is that tonight? It's a replay. It got such good reviews. We're going to show you uh, the what even is that again from Tuesday if you missed it because it was that good as we go into, well, what we deemed wussy space. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we have got that coming up tonight. We've got crazy towns. Uh, I have a crazy town today that's uh, just I don't, even un- I don't even know where to begin with it. It's short, like real short, but it's, it's, it's unbelievable. This guy Biden, his response to these questions his response to this question he got t- last night, actually. Uh, now, maybe he was tired because he flew back from Cincinnati after that horrifically um, awful awful town hall. Um, so I'm going to play. i got Crazy Town coming up. We've got sports. We've got news. More from the town hall. Um, so lots to do. Rick Delgado is going to be doing the news. How are you? Good. How are you? Very, and, very uh, good. I can't help but notice that, uh, Rick kind of looks like one of those bottles on, uh, <laughs> in front of you. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. So what, what exactly, um, do you just figure tonight's the night we're just going to blow out the cameras and uh, just, we're going to go yellow. <laughs> yeah, well, I got a show later later tonight that I'm going to go to. A uh, big concert, uh, great Prince band, Purple Experience. They're Celebration band. of Bumblebees? What is yeah, it? What kind yeah. of show is it? It's a, a Prince uh, cover band. You know, they're going to do some great music. So I'll put on a nice purple shirt and uh, dress it up a little. Okay. And uh, why not? Brighten it up. We need a little brightness on, in this world. <laughs> will you Will you be dancing at the Prince cover band? Absolutely. Oh, okay. they, oh, 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 they know me. Trust me. They, well, they, they shout they, out to me as soon as they come out. How oh. could they not, especially with that outfit you got tonight? You got it. Oh, my God. Me. Look at those shoes. Look at those shoes. Yeah, they're crazy. Gee, we'll have to discuss maybe sending an undercover cameraman to maybe uh, follow <laughs> Rick tonight so we can get some... We got some yep. all-time footage here. Maybe, maybe not. So. Out in the Hamptons. I'm need some right. overtime oh, in the Hamptons. Oh, yes. excuse, excuse us. Maybe well, Harry will be following you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have no reception. <laughs> speaking of Harry, we couldn't um, we couldn't make it last night. Um, the weather was bad at Mount Rushmore, but man, it's beautiful today. And let's go out there. Our own Ben Berkwam and Amanda Head are out at uh, Mount Rushmore for Freedom Fest. Let's check in with them. We made it to Mount Rushmore. We're here, uh, Freedom Fest. Freedom Amanda, Fest allowed us to come. Amanda, so you know what's interesting? Last time I was here, we weren't allowed to uh, come and, and film here. And there's these new signs now that it's you're actually free to do commercial filming because it's part of the First Amendment. So one oh, of the things... Do we really have to have a sign saying is, that at this point? Isn't it sad I that we, we the people on federal land, that they would have to tell us before you had to get permission from daddy government. But yeah. this is one of those things. We're enjoying it. We're seeing uh, amazing people. Got some incredible interviews. What, Amanda, what's your favorite part so far? I have to say, I mean, I, we've, ha- we've had really great <laughs> interviews and I love meeting humans, but the men carved back there. I mean, that's got to be the best part of the trip for me. I've never been, been to Mount Rushmore. I've never been to South Dakota. Um, and you look up at those faces and, the work. you know, obviously it's colossal, but you don't think about the fact oh. that those faces are 60 feet tall. And it's just hard to get that perspective from down on the ground. Uh, carved into granite, it took them, what, 14 years from 19... 19- 
1927 to 1941 with dynamite and chisels yeah. and ropes. Yeah. That's it. That's well, all they had. And you think about today's society. Every time I see something like this, it, it, I, it, I'm in awe, but it also dis, uh, depresses me because I think about today's society and what it would take to do something like, I just don't even know if done. it could be done. Right. Yeah, it wouldn't get done. I mean, with the radical environmentalism, the hoops to jump through. And this is all part of what we're talking about at Freedom Fest or what we're hearing about. It's getting back to personal liberty and also constitutional liberty in our yeah. country uh, that this nation was founded on. Yeah. And, you know, coupled with personal liberty is personal responsibility. And you and I were watching that film by uh, the Tuttle Twins creators, a cartoon earlier. We were able to screen screen that. And it was talking about personal responsibility. And one of the themes of it was instead of the government taking your money and forcing you to basically give it to social programs and such, you give it freely. And and that's one of the things that I harp on conservatives about all the time. Conservatives, we are always talking about how big government is. Well, if we fill in the gaps with charities and we are a charitable people, then the government does, doesn't have to pick up the slack. And I'm not saying that the government did that because they had to pick up the slack. I'm not saying that that is the impetus for the creation of every social program. I'm just saying that if Americans utilize their personal responsibility to fill in those gaps of society, then, you know, personal freedoms emerge. But we exist in a society where people don't believe in personal responsibility or personal freedom. Well, knowing why the government initiated those programs in the first place and created the 501c3s, it was was clearly designed to take that away from we the people. Uh, and, and, And you see the outcome of that, where churches no longer have the impact that they used to have. Uh, they're so worried about losing their 501c3. And now you have, because of things like the Great Society, Lyndon Johnson, uh, you have a dependency class that now is a magnet for people around the world to come break into our country and take advantage of it. And this is, it's all connected. This is the bottom line. You see Mount Rushmore behind us. You see uh, some of the founders up there and, and the history of that. Everything is connected. And if people don't see that and, and they don't get engaged now, those are going to be, well, they'll probably be torn down at some point, but there'll be a memory of a great America because that's where we're heading towards. We are, this country is the greatest country in the history of the world, uh, but it, doesn't, it not, may not always be that way if we don't stand up. Yeah, and you know, you think about it generationally. Every generation says, oh, shucks, remember the good old days. But we're getting to a place where our children and our children's children, when they talk about the good old days, they're speaking about it from a place of completely stripped liberty. And we have to make sure that that does not happen. Yep. Well, that's why we're here. Ben Burkwam, Amanda Head, Real America's Voice News in uh, South Dakota. We're at Mount Rushmore. I know, but we're heading back to Rapid City. We'll be back down at Freedom Fest uh, for a couple more days. Be sure to tune in. Share Real America's Voice News. If you want the truth, you want real news. Stay tuned for much more. Yeah, our own Ben Burkwam and Amanda Head. Thanks, guys. Out at uh, Mount Rushmore for Freedom Fest which will be covering all Real America's Voice will be covering all weekend. Like they said, they'll be back down there for a few more days. Uh, They'll also be covering, let me remind you, tomorrow, the president, the former president, President Trump, will be in Phoenix, Arizona, and he'll be doing a rally, and Real America's Voice will be covering it. Coverage starts at 5 p.m. Eastern time. I think the president is slated to speak around 6 p.m. Eastern time, and we'll be covering the entire rally, soup to nuts, from beginning to the speech to after the speech, so make sure you tune in uh, tomorrow, Real America's Voice. So, 
Uh, thanks to Ben and Amanda. Lots to do. Hope you guys are having a good night. Wait, speaking of having a good night, Rick Emirati, who's this group you told me about that's having a part, big uh, live from Studio 6B grilling party tonight? Yeah, so Jimmy Pack, who's a great follower, watches every show, always tweets me afterwards. God bless. Thanks for the show. They're down in Tennessee East, they're a group of volunteer, well, actually, they're regular paid firefighters and first responders. And he always appreciates the way you recognize them at the end of the show. And they have a big Friday night grilling watch party. Where they put LFS6B on, they got these the steaks, cold beers, and they're out on the deck. So they want to shout out to them in Tennessee East. Jimmy Pack. All right, very good. Um, very, sounds like good. I mean, no, what's better there? than steaks, getting drunk, smoking cigars? Sounds pretty good to me. Well, so. you can grab some marshmallows and uh, hold them over Rick's jacket, and they'll melt for you. And, put them on. and, and full too. disclosure, they're off duty, Big D, so they're, they're careful about it. Well, thank, thanks, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got it, you guys. I'm going to go to hey, this one. I'm the bright hey, light here today. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here's the clip I told you about last night that we didn't get to Biden and this African American couple at the town hall. Uh, roll that, G. We are African-American, and in many of our communities, people are against the vaccine. Uh, a reason that stood out the most in regards to our guests is that they don't see the vaccine as being as safe as the CDC put it, puts it out to be. Um, how are you working toward convincing those in these communities that the vaccine is safe? All right, so freeze really important. I want you to just now listen to his default position here when he answers this question and the things he says. Go ahead question because in the african-american community there is a, a less of an uptake of the vaccination number one there's a reason for that you know you go back just to even world war ii african-americans were used as experimental they're almost like guinea pigs in terms of exa- they, they were anyway it, it was and 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 your mom and dad remember that or your grandparents remember that and so there's a reason for people to think that i don't know i'm not sure i trust I'm not sure I trust this, plus a lot of disinformation on top of it. One of the things, though, we're doing is what I've done, we've done, my team has done, is we provided the ability to put in African-American communities the vaccine and those who are, in fact, able to administer the vaccine and people who are respected in the community in the vaccine in those areas, particularly in areas where you have public health community, public health centers, where you in fact have people who are the folks who are really at the low end of the economic scale, don't have much access to anything. So we've taken literally mobile vans and people to the communities, to the hardest hit communities, and it's beginning to have some impact, but we have to talk about it more. For example, I was just with, uh, I, I get in trouble because my wife is a Philly girl, I'm a Philly fan, an Eagles fan. I just hosted the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, uh, and there, there's a guy, there's a quarterback there. What's his name? Uh, anyway, all kidding aside, you know, what we're doing is getting people of consequence who are respected in the community, whether they're athletes, whether or not they are entertainers, whether they're just well-respected. And by the way, one of the things I've gotten able to get done, I've get, I have overwhelming support from the African-American clergy that I sort of come from in my sort of support. They are opening up their churches for his vaccination centers. Now that clip, I, I, don't, I don't know how much coverage that clip got, but I, I mean, his whole line of answering there he ha- he just defaults to this position that 
the African-American community cannot do the same things that any other community can do. Oh, I got to bring in celebrities. I got to bring in people that they know. I got to bring in places for them to go to get the shot. I need to go do his default position on these answers is just um, it doesn't surprise me or it shouldn't surprise anybody who watches this show because we've seen we've shown you umpteen examples of this guy and uh, the way he thinks about race. But it, it's it's still astounding to me. Yeah, he, he's kind of a bigot, um, probably, you know, and we've seen it before. He's pretty much a racist. And then his default position, like you said, is, well, you guys really you, you don't really have the stuff that, uh, you know, white people have or rich people have. You notice um, when he yeah, but you notice yeah. when he says uh, that you were te- you're, you're you know, you were experimented on and then he immediately goes, whatever, because he has there's. He, there's no nothing behind that to actually make sense of what the hell he's trying to say. Right. No yeah. one knows what he's trying to say. And, and he's talking to a couple people there that, that obviously have, you know, they probably, you know, have access to just about everything they need. But meanwhile, he's trying to paint them as, well, you're, you know, you're down here and we try and help. We send trucks and we send things and, you know, don't worry, we'll figure it out for you guys. Because, you, you know, you guys don't really know how to do anything. All right, just getting started. Live from Studio 6B on a Friday night, wrapping up what's been a great week. Lots to do. What even is that crazy town? New sports. It's all coming up. Glad you're in. We're back right after this. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. More to do. We'll get news coming up here in a second uh, with Rick Delgado, <laughs> Geofran, holding it down as always. We'll get to that crazy town with Biden. Lots to do still on the town hall. Biden's answer today to a – well, actually it was last night on his way back from Cincinnati. His answer to this reporter in our crazy town today is something I've just – I mean – Every day you think you can't shake your head anymore with this guy. He gives you something new. So, all right, we'll get to all that coming up right now. Let's do a little sports with the Bumblebee himself, Rick Amirati. What's going on? A yellow crazy town shirt, Big D. Yep. Yellow. There he is. Talk about coordinate. All right. Well, here we go. Naomi Osaka lit the uh, cauldron to open the 2020 Tokyo Olympics earlier this morning. This is from Liz Rocher of Yahoo Sports. Uh, Naomi Osaka, four-time Grand Slam tennis champion, had the honor of lighting the Olympic cauldron at the opening of the ceremony, the 2020. They're calling it the 2020 because it was postponed. Tokyo Olympics earlier today. The torch. What they could call it is brutal. Yeah, like they, well. call, they might as well call it American Idol from the little that I watched. If it's this guy on stuff, I don't, I don't know. Well, wait, there's a typhoon coming. I have that in another segment to talk about uh, for Japan. The torch always finishes its long journey in the opening ceremony venue, being carried around the stadium by notable athletes or other figures from the host country. Those athletes are closely guarded secretly uh, until the ceremony actually happens. So Osaka's presence was a huge surprise. Uh, There might not have been anyone better to have uh, the great honor of lighting the cauldron. Osaka is one of tennis's brightest stars, and at age 23, she's still on the rise. Born in Japan and raised in the United States, Osaka is playing tennis for Japan. Japan in the Olympics, and she is a gold medal favorite. So uh, I thought that was kind of neat as the Olympics kicked off earlier today. Uh, And Cleveland is changing its name from Indians to Guardians. This might be the dumbest story I've ever had a report on LFS6P. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. As I reported this morning, this is, uh, let's hope if you're a season ticket holder, 
you call and try to get a refund as of now, right now, call now and get a refund and say, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to go be a fantasy. This is, this is just. It, the name change alone is stupid, but then the name is even just crazy. Known as the Indians since 1915, Cleveland's Major League Baseball team will next be called the Guardians. <laughs> the ball club announced the name change earlier today with a video on Twitter narrated by everyone's favorite actor, Tom Hanks, uh, ending months of internal discussions triggered by a national reckoning by institutions and teams to permanently drop logos and names considered racist. The name change is effective at the end of the 2021 season. The organization spent most of the past year whittling down a list of potential names that was at nearly 1,200 just over a month ago. But the process, which the team said included 140 hours of interviews with fans, community leaders, front office personnel, and a survey of 40 thousand fans quickly accelerated and the club landed on the guardians the yeah. new moniker is inspired by the guardians of traffic sculpture on the city's hope memorial bridge they are visible in the introduction to the uh, fame movie major league which we all remember which was a great movie but uh, anyway uh, cleveland's name change comes as the washington football team continues to work toward a similar makeover uh, washington recently said it will reveal a new name and logo in 2022 but uh, this really is uh, i think it's a black eye for baseball another black eye for baseball following the all-star game debacle this is literally the old saying not enough uh too many chiefs and not enough indians this is the, 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 the i mean hey now that's literally. racist there know, but i mean the team opens it up to forty thousand fans to start getting i mean how do you, you wonder why you come to such a sucky name yeah terrible this is why man, i'm man. surprised the new mascot isn't a raccoon and groot oh i mean it's just awful guardian the cleveland guardians it's also in the same font as the Indians, so they can just print out guard and staple it over the old uniform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it was a financial thing here. You're right, Fran. Maybe that's, that's what it was. That could uh, be exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. And I, I, Chief Wahoo, I actually love his iconic, great face, and I uh, always love the Indians' name. And, man, I, I grew up as a kid in the 70s. I never saw that to be racist in any way, shape, or form. Well, nobody did Come with on. any common sense. No one did. No one does now except, uh, you know, get, get woke, go broke deal. Yeah, what's funny is some of the other names that they almost picked, like the Spiders. <laughs> oh, okay. The Crows. Okay. The Rockers. Yep. The Fellers, I guess after a uh, former player. Okay. Uh, Buckeyes. Yeah. And the Dobies. What the heck is a Doby? I guess Guardians is pretty good, given those choices. I guess Dumbasses wasn't one of the uh, choices either, so... Ridiculous. Whatever. Unbelievable. And just one more big D. The PBR Touring Pro Division last night in Big Sky, Montana. The Big Sky Town Center. We got bull riding. Stetson Lawrence had an 89 score for five and a half points. And he tied another good one. Dalen Swearinger also had an 89. And Punisher was the leading bull with a round one score of 45. So we'll have a full rodeo report on Monday as well as PBR. And that's a wrap in sports. All right, very good, Rick. We'll do more sports in a little bit. Let's do a little news here with Rick Delgado. What's going on, Mr. Delgado? <laughs> well, I just want to keep on uh, I'll, I'll ride Rick's yellow coattails for this next story uh, because uh, former President Donald Trump decided he was going to express his disappointment at the name change. Oh. Uh, former President Trump railed Friday, or earlier today, I should say, against the owners of the Cleveland Major League Baseball team having to change the name from the Indians to the Guardians, saying that at the end of a 106-year-old tradition was a disgrace forced by a small group of people determined to destroy our culture and heritage. This is coming from Just the News. Trump expressed his disappointment with the change uh, hours after it was announced by the franchise. He also said, can anybody believe that the Cleveland Indians, a storied and cherished 
baseball franchise since taking the name in 1915 are changing their names to the Guardian, Trump asked in a statement. Such a disgrace. I guarantee that the people who are most angry about it are the many Indians of our country. The team has been under pressure for years to change the name and criticize and criticism about it, uh, according to it being offensive to Native Americans. The National Football League, of course, as Rick mentioned, talked about the Redskins and their change to the Washington football team. Uh, wouldn't it be an honor to have a team named the Cleveland Indians? Or wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be disrespectful to rip that name and logo off those jerseys, the former president asked? The people of Cleveland cannot be thrilled in eyes of former Baseball fan, in all caps, former, cannot believe such things are happening. A small group of people with absolutely crazy ideas and policies are forcing these changes to destroy our culture and our heritage. At some point, the people will not take it anymore. And uh, hey, and, and Rick, I, and I'll tell you what. To that point, um, Rick, I'll get to you in a second here. To that point, I have a clip li- a little later from Hannity last night of Mark Levin on best-selling number one, four hundred thousand copies in week one, right here. Um, and that is a big part of what he says to Hannity last night on why the American people are just fed up. He actually says they're pissed off. And that's it. They're trying to change the heritage, change the names, get rid of the statues. Just to this point, he didn't, he didn't specifically mention the Indians, but it's all in the same bucket. Yeah. Yep. And uh, President Trump, he knows a thing or two about a name because the team that he owned was called the New Jersey Generals back in the day. So he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see, moving on uh, a little more from just the news, the U S department of justice. Well, Damon, you're not going to like this story. Uh, won't investigate govern governor Gresham Whitmer's nursing home policies. Yeah. Or Pennsylvania or any of them. An initial inquiry was opened under former president Donald Trump's administration, which requested data from Michigan. Now, 11 months later under Biden's administration, the probe won't happen. Democrat, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel refused to investigate as well. What a surprise. At issue is whether Whitmer's COVID-19 policies exacerbated nursing home deaths by housing infected patients with those most vulnerable to die from COVID-19. In Michigan, 87% of the COVID-19 deaths were those aged 60 and older. About 5,754 staff and resident deaths in Michigan's long-term care facilities were linked to COVID-19 or about 30% of the state's total deaths from SARS-CoV-2 virus. Well, as we've seen Merrick Garland here in the first six months, four months, whatever he's been in there now, I mean, did anyone think that he was going to spend resources in Michigan, New York, Pennsylvania, all the places, he could, Illinois, he could go look to see governors who um, adopted this policy of killing people? I mean, did we think he was going to do this? So, I mean, this is a... You have to look at this as maybe this right. is just a, has to be put on a two-year hiatus, maybe, um, or four-year hiatus. I mean, I guess even if the Republicans uh, take back the House and the Senate, I guess there's still not much they can do if Merrick Garland's not going to authorize the Department of Justice to look into it. I guess Congress has some oversight, but I don't not into the states. So, um, yeah, it's just unfortunate. And yeah. as uh, I saw... Who's the girl from Fox who loved Dean? Uh, Dean Janice Dean. Janice Dean said it's just these families going to get no answers. Hi, live from Studio 6B. More to do on a Friday night. Glad you're in. We're back right after this.
30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Glad you're in. Lots to do. News, more sports all coming up. Crazy Town coming up. What even is that coming up? As we wrap it up for the week on a Friday night right here, make sure you follow us on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Parlor, Rumble, Getter. We're everywhere. Uh, and, of course, live from Studio6B.com. Most importantly, you can see the shows. This show will repeat, obviously, right after we get off the air. You can see all the prior shows. Uh, you can see all the prior clips. What even is that? It's Crazy Town Sports News. It's all there live from Studio6B.com. So we were talking about these insanity that's starting to really rev up with um, kids, vaccinations, um, what the true data shows. I've, sent you, I've shown you many, many examples. We've looked at many, uh, even the own CDC's numbers. Um, so the CDC director, Walensky, um, was in front of Congress with the little liar Fauci, who's very revealing in this clip. I haven't seen this talked about really anywhere, except for the first part. This is Senator Marshall, who is a doctor, physician, questioning the two of them. His first question is about children, goes to Walensky. But after that, he goes to, he goes to Fauci on a very deep dive scientifically here. But I want you to listen to his basic general questions, and I want you to listen to Fauci's responses. How defensive he gets and how stupid he plays, which maybe is not an act, <laughs> but uh, you'll see what I mean. I haven't seen this clip. You know, Rick sent this to me just for the Walensky part. Right. And as I watched the rest of it, I thought to myself, this is unbelievable, this guy. So here it is. It's about five minutes, but I think it's worth watching its entirety. Uh, this is Senator Marshall. Roll it, G. Thank you, Madam Chair. My first question for Dr. Walensky. As a physician, we always want to be able to know and discuss the benefits and risk of anything that we're prescribing, including a vaccine. It's estimated that 40, maybe 50% of children have already had the COVID virus. What are the additional benefits to the vaccine to a child who's already had the virus? I think it very much depends on what the variant that child might have had, whether they could potentially be infected or reinfected. Um, and, you know, one thing I just want to note with the children is um, I, I think we fall into this um, flawed thinking of saying that only 400 of these 600,000 deaths from COVID-19 have been in children. Um, children are not supposed to die. And so 400 is, is a huge amount for a, for a, season, a respiratory okay. season. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Woodcock, how many children under the age of 18 without a pre-existing condition, a significant health condition have died from COVID in this country? I don't. I don't have that at my fingertips. I'm sorry, Doctor. Over for, over 400. Without pre without. Oh, that I don't. I, that I don't. So know I think without. the answer is probably zero. So I think if you if you take a deep dive, most of the children that have died had some type of underlying health condition. Doctor Fauci, in my hand, is a three three dimensional printing of the COVID spike. Uh, something that's certainly a, a scientific um, just just baffles me in so many ways that. Uh, it's composed of two units, as you know. There's an S2 subunit and an S1, and I'd like to talk, you to talk about the S2 subunit for a second. Can you explain the significance of the furin cleavage site, the double arginine CGG codon, if you would, and, and how that works clinically for us? Yeah, the few, thank you for that question, Senator. The furin cleavage site is a site of a set of amino acids, which is at the point where the enzyme furin can cleave it so that the virus can then bind to the receptor cell and then enter the cell. 
So it is seen on a number of viruses. Uh, it's been seen on, a, it's on the SARS-CoV-2, and it's also seen on other beta coronaviruses. You asked also about the double CGG codon. Right. That is a codon, again, that is unusual, but it is also seen on a number of beta coronaviruses. It's, it is not a very common uh, 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 codon for the amino acid in question, but it is seen in, in coronaviruses. Dr. David Baltimore, a Nobel laureate, I'll quote him here. When I first saw the furin cleavage site in the viral sequence with its arginine codons, I said to my wife, it was the smoking gun for the origin of the virus. These features make a powerful challenge to the idea of a natural origin for SARS-2. And again, this is Nobel laureate Dr. David Baltimore saying, saying this. Right. Would you agree or, or disagree with Dr. Baltimore? Well, Dr. Baltimore, who is an extraordinarily uh, accomplished scientist, has backtracked on that statement and says, I wish I had not used the word smoking gun when it was pointed out to him that the, actually this is seen in a number of coronaviruses, including one of the common cold coronaviruses. So. I believe if you would ask... So you disagree with him? Well, I, I, I agree with his second statement where he backtracked and said he wished he had not so, used... So you disagree with his first statement, though? I, I, and he disagrees with his first statement. Okay, he's not going to answer the question. We also have the uh, S1 no, subunit. Let's, let's, right let's, let's, let's just, before we get to the last one. So all he's asking him is the doctor's initial response when he saw this was basically what we all now know that this was not just something that hap just happened in nature. It was man-made. It had all the signs of it. It had all the underlying things that multiple scientists looked at. We remember Fauci's emails. There was multiple people in there that emailed him and said, you know, this really concerns me because this doesn't look like we've, we've read you all the emails. So all Senator Marshall is asking him is, here's a Nobel laureate who looked at this, who knows what the hell he's talking about, knows what the hell he's looking at, and looked at it and said, yeah, that's the smoking gun to tell me this is not natural. This is just didn't happen. This was very specific because you wouldn't see this. And, and you, you hear this guy's response? Oh, well, he, he walked it back. Okay, but do you agree with his first initial take? Well, no, he doesn't agree with this. That's not <laughs> what I'm asking you if you're happy that he walked it back or used the wrong terms or decided to use bad, should have said it more eloquently. Right. That's not the question. Yeah, he, I I was going to say, I feel like he really walked back the, the terminology he used, but not his assessment. That's correct. So we continue here. Behind me here, that there was a moratorium placed for viral gain of function in 2014. And I think you'll agree with me that the NIH funded research that led to this, uh, an S1 spike that looks very similar, if not exactly, to what's on the COVID-19 spike. Um, what are you referring to, Senator? See, Can you please right be more specific? Listen. Yeah. So I'm talking about the S1 subunit of the current COVID-19 spike. Yeah, what, what about it? I'm, I mean, are you talking about an experiment? Are you talking about a paper that was published? So I'm talking about uh, viral research that was done using NIH funding with the North Carolina lab and Dr. Shi developed this S1 subunit spike that looks exactly like what we have on the current COVID-19 spike. Yeah. Is that not true? No, I, I, I'm not sure exactly what you're referring to. Are hey, you referring it. to the Is paper? Is anybody watching this not know what he's referring to now? <laughs> 
He's basically, I mean, does anyone not understand at this point that Senator Marshall has said, hey, we have this research that came out of this funding, and part of it looks like a circle with, a, with specific things on it. And when you look at the COVID-19, uh, you know, makeup of the whatever, yeah, the it's got the same it. circle with the yeah. things on it. So would you, he's not saying, all he's saying is, would you agree that that looks like that? I'm not, exa- this is what you get. This is what you get. It's a very simple question. Do you agree that this looks like this? It's the exact same thing. That's all I'm asking you is that you agree. I'm not saying, did you come up with it? I'm not saying, did it, did it? All I'm saying is the research that was funded came out with this. COVID-19, as we look at it, has something that looks like this. Do you agree that they're the same? He will listen to the rest. Go ahead of Barrick and she and nature immunology. Is that what you refer? I, I need to know specifically. Yeah, so Dr. Barrick and she printed uh, studies on the, this S1 unit that was basically the development of the key to the door that was specifically took a, the original SARS virus and made it so it would bond to the human lung cells. No, there was no gain. If you're referring, Senator, to gain of function, by the definition. Okay, I mean, that's not my question. Well, but would, well, you, would you agree that, that the, when, the spike that was developed there is what's also on the current Yeah, COVID-19 but that's, that's, ir- that's irrelevant to anything until you have a context in which you're putting it. You're talking about an S1 and a spike in what context? If you're talking about a paper that was written by them? But, but you agree or disagree that it's the same spike? I'm not sure what you're talking about, Senator. I'm really not sure what you're talking about. Thank you. (laughs) All right. And and that's how you not answer a question. That's the professional bureaucratic way of not answering a question. Play stupid. Right. Yeah. Uh, th- Act like a quack. If he, if he needed to make it easier for the quote-unquote expert, maybe, uh, Dr. Fauci, I'm about to hit you in the head with this hammer. After I hit you in the head with this hammer, I'm going to show you this hammer again. Do, would you agree it's the same hammer that I just hit you in the head with? Well, it depends on the context. That's what it, th- This is what he's doing. He's, he's, he's trying to jumble it up and make, make it seem like, well, you don't know what you're talking about, Senator. I he mean, just doesn't want to answer the question. I mean, it's just, I mean... Here, here we have a spike protein that looks like a fist. And the one that's on COVID-19 looks like a fist. Do you agree that they're the same fist? Do you, do you agree that they look the same, Dr. Fauci? Well, I don't know. You heard him. In, in what context? I mean, that's a guy there who does not <laughs> want to talk. That's a guy there. It's just like with Rand Paul, that he knows he's talking to a physician who has some knowledge of what he's talking about. He may not get into all the minutia of whatever. But he knows enough about it to ask serious questions and, and would expect serious answers, or at least truthful answers. And he got neither from this little worm. And it was all based on, do you think it looks the same? That's it. Not, you know, what paper is it from? Hey, you know what? I found this in, in the closet here. This shoe looks like this shoe, and I was missing two shoes. Uh, do they look like the same shoes, doctor? What context are you talking about? And getting back to Walensky, by the way, and, and I said this last night, it's 400 deaths and it's 400 too many. We get that. But, I mean, for, she, for her to say, you know, we're, we fall into this trap that like 400 is an acceptable number. Well, no, no one's saying 400 is an acceptable number. Kids are not supposed to die. We don't ever want a kid to die. But if you go to her own website that she's uh, the director of, 
more kids die from, well, motor vehicle accidents, poisonings, falls, chokings, drownings, fires, flames, and smoke every year um, than, than this. So, yes, of course, we agree with you, but that doesn't, that doesn't limit the idea that this is not a lot, that's not, that's not a huge number. And this is this more is kids die from a lot of other more common things than this or uncommon things. I brought up the other day when I first heard this clip that, you know, when when you see the senator say, well, that number is zero. Um, Twenty six kids have died in, in the city of Chicago just this year from gun violence. Twenty six. That's twenty six more than have died from covid, according to their definition. Well, if this administration had put half the effort into, into that, were people dying uh, on black-on-black crime in some of these inner cities and places like that that they put into uh, two-year-olds and deciding if they ma- need to be masked or shot up with this vaccination, it'd be nice to see, but they, they're, they're, you know, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it, and they're going to continue to push this craziness and rev up this crazy talk on these kids. And again, I've shared all the articles. Again, I shared them last night uh, with the, with the uh, Intelligencer article. I, I encourage you to go read it. I encourage you to read some of the other stuff I've shared on Twitter, some of, the, some of the data coming out of India on this new strain, some of the data coming out. You know, again, people, they all want to talk about the science. I really fear that a lot of these people don't read or want to acknowledge any of the stu- other studies that don't fit their narrative. There's a lot of double-blinded, this, that, 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 that Fauci says it has to be studies that don't fit their narrative of all this, but they won't acknowledge them. All right, news and sports coming up. Live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. the hour live from studio 6p on a friday night real america's voice dish network channel 219 pluto tv channel 240 samsung tv plus channel 1029 glad you're in make sure you follow us on social media facebook.com slash lfs6p at lfs6p on twitter and of course we're on parlor rumble getter youtube everywhere you can find us everywhere and of course mainly we want you to go to live from studio 6b.com news videos crazy towns what even is that sports reports it's all broken down into easy to watch segments live from studio 6b.com great news stories provided by our friends at just the news so make sure you're visiting live from studio 6b.com each and every day speaking of the news let's do more of it here with rick delgado what's going on all right damon and speaking of just the news is coming from john solomon's site house republic Republicans leader Kevin McCarthy on Thursday described President Biden as, as as I think we all have, out of touch for telling a small business owner to pay more as a way to deal with the labor shortage. McCarthy said small business owners are competing with the federal government that is paying pandemic unemployment bonuses as much as 300 a week on top of state jobless benefits. As I watched the clip from the president's town hall last night, he said, I couldn't see a person more out of touch, McCarthy said during his Capitol News, uh, Capitol Hill News Conference. The California Republican mentioned that a restaurant owner asked Biden how he plans to incentivize people to come back to work during the CNN town hall event. What was the president's answer? Just pay more. 
I wish the president understood what it's like to own a small business, he said. They're trying to survive today, and that's the response they get. He also said that Biden's increased government spending during the pandemic is contributing to rising inflation. Uh, Biden's $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan was passed back in March of this year. Inflation, Inflation and inflation is destroying America's ability to strengthen their financial security. What has he proposed? More spending? Not working together? He lamented that Biden and the Democrats won't approve a bipartisan physical infrastructure plan unless it's tied to another $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill crafted by Senate Budget Chairman Bernie Sanders. Yeah, only in Joe Biden's mind can this kind of um, economics work. We borrow, you print millions of trillions and trillions upon trillions of dollars. And no, no, don't worry. The the value of the dollars not deflate is not uh, going down, huh? And what will what will solve all problems is printing more. So this is this is Joe Biden Democrat uh, economics, um, and we've shown you the charts of the M two money supply of all dollars that have been printed in the last twenty four months. About thirty five percent of all dollars in existence have been printed in the last two months. Um, we have a couple of these clips from the town hall. We'll get to them when we have some more time here at the top of the hour. After what even is that? But Biden's answer to this guy is this restaurateur. If you're you're a small business owner watching it, you've got to just pull your hair out. Yeah, especially because when you're running a, a small business, not not even just talking about restaurants, but any small business, you're running on tight margins usually. And to sit there and have the president go, well, you just have to pay more because, you know, I've got an unlimited bank account here. I'm paying people to do nothing. So you got to compete with that. Good luck. It's the, it's the same thing on the minimum. It's their same argument on the minimum wage. Yeah. And they, they don't they never understand why it puts really small businesses mostly out of work because people who looking for those first jobs are usually kids, younger kids either coming out of college, it's usually sometimes their first job or they're looking, it could be even a 16, 17 year old that's just starting to work in the workforce. They don't need to make $18 an hour, $25 an hour. I started working. It was whatever it was, yeah. seven bucks, six <laughs> bucks. It was a lot of money. I think I had four fifty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then getting, uh, then getting, uh, what do you call it, Tipped out at the end of the night by the waitresses. I mean, simple, the laws of supply and demand, they just disregard. They just have no, it just only in his mind can more spending equal, uh, we'll, we'll handle inflation by spending more, printing more. Yeah. Just makes absolutely no sense. So we'll get to those clips here uh, at the top of the hour. But let's do a little more sports. And here with that is Rick M. Marathi. Yellow, what's going on, Rick? <laughs> Hello, Big D. Uh, well, <laughs> listen, we reported waiting. on it last night, these new NFL um, you know, requirements and regulations with COVID-19. Well, Breaking news earlier today, Rick Dennison out as Minnesota Vikings assistant after refusing COVID-19 vaccine. This is from Courtney Cronin of ESPN. Egan, Minnesota, which I'll be passing through in a few weeks, uh, after refusing to receive a vaccine for COVID-19, Rick Dennison is out as a Minnesota Vikings assistant coach, uh, sources told ESPN. Dennison, who had served as the Vikings offensive line coach, run game coordinator the past two seasons, is to believe to be the first NFL position coach to leave his team after choosing not to receive a vaccine. The vaccine is required for all tier one staff, including coaches, front office execs, uh, equipment managers, and scouts. Players are not required to receive the COVID-19 vaccine, but will face strict protocols during training camp and throughout the season that vaccinated players will be able to forego. And it's a shame because Dennison has 27 years experience as an NFL coach, you know, dating back with Gary Kubiak and um, really making a statement, 27 year coach. So you figure he's probably in his fifties and he doesn't want to take the vaccine. 
If He's G- out. If Xi Jinping or uh, the fat boy in North Korea were the NFL commissioner, it would be run no differently than what I've heard is coming down the pike this year. There's Crazy. no difference. There's no difference between what Roger Goodell is putting in place um, than what Xi Jinping or uh, the fat boy would put in place And if you were playing this in the North Korea Football League, if yep. you don't take the vaccine. Literally ramming it down your throat. And good, I feel bad for this coach, but good for him, by the way. Let's mm-hmm. hope he's made, you know, we always say it takes one and maybe someone else follows and maybe someone else follows and maybe gets to the point where the NFL goes, uh, well, this is maybe not a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to because see Because it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. The teams could forfeit games. Players on both teams could uh, lose the salary for the, I mean, what they're, what I heard, this was a local news report. I heard it. I was actually standing in another establishment waiting for something. And I was, they had the TV on the waiting room and I was listening to it. And I was thinking to myself, what would be the difference if this was uh, the North Korean Football League? They didn't put these kind of, I mean, it's no different. It's insane. Totally yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah. What, what they need are, are, are some of the biggest players, the people that actually put butts in seats to say, you know what? This is no, we're not forfeiting games. You're not taking money away from us. And if you try, you're going to have a bigger problem because all of us are not going to play. How about that? Yeah. How, how does that float your boat there, NFL? Well, good because luck you, with that. I'd love to see it. But yeah. I mean, again, you know, maybe this guy's just a, I don't know. Maybe it's the start. I mean, again, to get to when I get to Levin's clip, I mean, there's just a groundswell, I believe, an underwhelming groundswell of American, the American people on all of these kind of issues that I, I think is br- going to. I think is rising to the brim, and I don't know when it's going to overflow, but it, I, I think we're getting close. Yeah, we're yeah. getting close to the press. All right, what else Crazy. in sports? Right? And uh, Major League Baseball to test electronic device for catches to give signals to pitches. This is from uh, Alden Rodriguez of ESPN. Major League Baseball will begin testing new technology that allows catches to electronically communicate signs to pitches at one of the lower minor league levels within the next couple of weeks, a system designed to both quicken the pace of play and suppress illegal sign-stealing methods. Uh, a memo introduced the uh, new system, a copy of which was obtained by ESPN, was sent to officials of the eight teams that make up the Class A California League on Friday. In it, Major League Baseball announced plans to begin testing on August 3rd, a pitch-a-catcher communication device developed by a company called Pitchcom. Uh, the uh, system, uh, which uh, passed safety tests conducted at the UMass Lowell Baseball Research Center, consists of a transmitter that is worn on a catcher's wristband and two receivers that fit within the sweatband of a pitcher's cap and the padding of a catcher's helmet. Uh, the transmitter includes nine buttons to signal desired pitch and location and comes pre-programmed with English and Spanish audio tracks. The team can also record their own tracks. So, you know, they're trying to, you know, take the Houston Astros' uh, 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 competitive advantage and get rid of it. So it's interesting. It's technology, and I think it's not a bad idea. They've been using baseball signals for forever. Touch the nose, steal third, you know. But uh, anyway, and if anybody's caught wearing the batter's helmet, the catcher's helmet, and, you know, when they're batting, they'll be obviously ejected from the game. So interesting that uh, baseball is pushing, uh, pushing the envelope with technology. I like that idea. I think it's something to me it's just it's just stupid it's I mean, like it, all right no, the, the, the nsa could probably crack that or, or a kid a 12 year old kid can crack that <laughs> and be like hey we know it's going to be a fastball down and out it's going to be heavily <laughs> encrypted rick <laughs> it sounds about as good of an idea as the indians coming up with right. a new name. <laughs> I don't know. all right hour two coming up live from studio 6b on a friday night glad you're in we're back Man, when you see this crazy town, (laughs) it's just, I don't know.
are live from Studio 6B, Hour 2 on a Friday night. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus, Channel 1029. Glad you're in. Of course, follow us on all our social media and streaming exclusively at livefromstudio6b.com. Rick Delgado is going to have more news. Rick Amorati will have more sports. Um, so this is normally where we would do um, one of my new favorite segments here on the show. And that, of course, <laughs> is what even is that? But since Rick's been double dutying on news. Yeah. And I believe it or not, I almost got up and I was like, oh, my God, I got to go, go to the other. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait, no, we're replaying. Whew. Yeah. Uh, we've decided that because a lot of people, the response to this, by the way, the response as we were doing it on Tuesday night on the show that was coming in live between emails and on Twitter was tremendous, but I think uh, it even now that people have had the rest of the week to continue to watch some of the coverage of this and come up with their own descriptions of well the rocket, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's worthwhile to watch uh, watch well, one more time. Oh, so now, now you just had me have a uh, uh, Cartman <laughs> flashback. Red so, rocket, red rocket. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's time now for one of my new favorite segments here on the show, and that is of course Rick Delgado with what. Even is that. All righty, Dame. Well, you know, the big news, of course, was the big explosion up on Capitol Hill between Fauci and Rand Paul. But the other big news, which we haven't touched on yet, had to do with space. So let's review. First, a few months ago, it was Elon Musk and his SpaceX thing. Yeah, there it is. Mm -hmm. Then last week, it was Richard Branson, another billionaire, and his airplane going to space. Mm -hmm. And today, it was Amazon billionaire Jeff Bezos with his brother, a grandma, and some teenager blasting off and well hanging out for a couple minutes throwing some skittles at the teenager who was weightless uh before immediately rushing back to the safety of earth okay yes i'm sorry but look at that what what even is that seriously <laughs> like most of you i did not watch this launch and it's very speedy return no. of the uh phallic designed bezos blue origin <laughs> rocket <laughs> <laughs> that kind of looks. That kind of looks like yeah. something you might order from an adult toy store. <laughs> that, that they deliver to your house in discreet packaging, yeah, if you exactly. know what I mean. Wink, wink. Yeah. Uh, with a bouncy house attached to the top. Oh, that's pretty nice. Inside. You know. But like I said a few months ago, in a previous, what even is that? Is that all you got? I mean, again. Over 50 years ago, we landed on the freaking moon and drove a Jeep around on it. Yeah. But yet here these people are celebrating like, the, like they just invented the wheel or created fire. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Elon, Richard, and Jeff, but as far as I can see, you guys are not really blazing any new trails here. Uh, none of you could be mistaken for, say, the next Neil Armstrong. No. Or definitely not the next Chuck Yeager. I mean, that guy was the quintessential American badass. You're you're kind of like I don't know. Let's say let's say you're like a mix between I don't know Major Nelson of I Dream of Genie, <laughs> and if we're keeping it all Hagman all the time here, yeah. let's go with Jr. from Dallas. <laughs> yeah, you know you're wannabes using your money to substitute for something else. I mean, when you compare what came before, and we're talking decades before. It's almost like you're, I don't know, overcompensating for something, a shortcoming, <laughs> you know. 
elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> because, because what you're celebrating is some kind of achievement. Well, we've already done this, and yeah. we've done it several times, several sure. times. Years later, we invented one of these, and we had a fleet of them yeah. called the Space Shuttle. We used them to dock to the International Space Station. We ran up dozens of people and satellites into real space and even made runs to fix stuff like the Hubble Telescope. Yeah, we used it for handyman space stuff. <laughs> real space. <laughs> but I guess what I'm trying to say is that this bubble that you guys live in, in reality, is just that. And inevitably, what happens is that it's going to pop. So I know you'd like to think that you're some type of space hero or pioneer, but I, for one, I'm going to stick with the real guys, you know, guys like Neil, Buzz, and Chuck. And I think it was Jaeger that said it best when he said this. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> that one's not, that wasn't the one, G, but that one is pretty friggin' funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is the one I'm talking about, and one of my favorites. And keep this in mind mm -hmm. when you or any of you rich guys ever decide you might be able to put a man on Mars. Oh, oh, and one last thing, Jeff. Bro, how about that jacket, huh? Ixnay uh, on El Ogole, you know what I'm talking about? All right. Yeah, there we go. So <laughs> it's just as funny now as it was uh, Tuesday night. So man, oh man, yeah. Do you think, any, do you think anything differently about it watching it back? Uh, it, yeah, I thought uh, I thought I could have been worse, <laughs> but I kept it clean for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good idea. Keep it clean here for the kids. So. Exactly. All right. So uh, other things to get into, but I want to get. I've been promo on this all show. I want to get into this. So as you know, I'm a huge fan. One of the reasons I wanted to sit behind a microphone was. Uh, Mr. Levin, because I thought he was the most captivating of all of the political hosts at the time, other than him and Mr. Imus, of course, who was my probably my biggest reason I wanted to sit behind a microphone was Imus in the morning. But uh, Mark Levin was as well. His new book just came out first week out. It sold 400,000 copies. That's insane. Which is an insane number for, for, this, for a book like this. Um, and it will probably do... I don't know if it'll do another 400,000 in week two, but it'll do a decent number of week two, too. So uh, Liberty and Tyranny was, I don't know. I think Liberty and Tyranny is still the best-selling conservative book ever, but this one might overtake it. I, I'm not sure on that, but uh, obviously he's probably, in my opinion, the greatest radio host in the country right now. He does, obviously, his Sunday show on Fox, and he appears on Hannity a lot in other shows, and he's been out a lot now because of the book. And the, the timing of the book is what everyone's talking about and what he's talking about. Well, he appeared on Hannity last night, and I just don't know how you can encapsulate everything we do here on a nightly basis and what we talk about, what we're up against, and what we're feeling out there with critical race theory. And you see these parents and these school boards and what, what we're hearing. So I want to, uh, this is uh, just a little bit from him last night on Hannity. Roll that, G. I was part of the Reagan revolution. I was part of the Tea Party movement. I was part of the Trump revolution. There is a massive movement afoot. Uh, it's not under the radar. People just aren't looking at it. Uh, the silent majority is not going to be silent anymore. The American people are furious with what's happening to their country. And by American people, I mean all American people who love this country, regardless of their color, their religion, their background, red-blooded Americans. They are sick and tired of what they've seen in the first six months of this administration. They don't like the way they're being treated by the elites in the media. They don't like being looked down upon by these phony professors who they bring on TV who trash them. 
Uh, they are disgusted with the teachers' unions. Parents all over this country can't believe what's happened to elementary schools and secondary schools. Parents go broke to send their kids to college, and now they're coming home on Thanksgiving or other days, and they don't know what's happened to them. We are paying for our own demise with tenured Marxist professors and administrators for schools that are turning on our founding and our history. Americans love their history. Americans love their history, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Americans are sent all over the world to fight wars for people who do not look like them. America's borders are wide open. We have a president of the United States who is violating our immigration laws, who signs executive orders like he's Benito Mussolini. We're sick and tired of hearing from San Francisco Nancy Pelosi and New York City uh, Chuck Schumer what they intend to do to our court system. Those courts belong to us. Attacking separation of powers and our constitutional construct. We're tired of the way the family is trashed in this country. The family. We're tired of the way private property rights are treated in this country. We're tired of a lot of things going on in this country. Now we, the people, we are peaceful. You won't find us running around with Molotov cocktails. You won't find us attacking cops. We defend the cops. You won't find us burning cities and so forth and so on. We're not mostly peaceful. We're 100% peaceful. But we are pissed off. And we have had enough. And we're done talking about it. The idea that a book like this sells 400,000 copies in one week and is well on the way to a half a million. I've been in these movements before. I saw what happened with liberty and tyranny in the Tea Party movement. We know our history. We are a great people. And we have people in this country who haven't contributed a damn thing to it. And not a damn thing to it. Trying to tear it down and redistribute wealth. They sound like they're soapbox Marxists going on and on about we don't provide this, we don't provide that, and Bernie Sanders is going to provide it, and AOC is going to provide it. They don't know a damn thing about this country. They use the the benefits of capitalism to attack capitalism. They use liberty to attack liberty. They use the Constitution to attack the Constitution. I've been around a long time, and I'll be damned if I'm going to sit still for this. And they don't understand the American people. The American people are not going to roll over and play dead. The American people are going to speak out. And let me tell you what's going to happen in 2022 with the mansion types and the others who pretend to be moderates, who play footsies with these American Marxists, you're gonna get blown out. In fact, every damn one of you is gonna get blown out. So kiss your career goodbye. You may have power now. You may be trying to force your will on the American people now, but it will not last. That's what's going on in this country. I feel it and I know it. That's all I have to say. Ow. Fired up. I mean, he gets fired up a lot, but I'll tell you, that's pretty direct. You know, he normally doesn't. Well, I don't know. I guess he does. I mean, to, to say that you're going to get blown. I mean, I can feel it. That's, that's a little different. But I, th I mean, listen, you can only look at the facts on the ground. You, you, we see it. We see it in parents' response to, to critical race theory. We see it in these school board meetings. Yeah. We see it in some of these states that where the state legislatures and the governors are actually taking action to ban some of this garbage. You're seeing it in, in pushback. You're seeing people speak with their pocketbooks when it comes to things like the, you know, the Indians changing their name and then, and then some of the wokeness and the ratings on some of these shows and the ratings on some of these networks. You know, Fox on, on the other night with the town hall on CNN, they, t CNN came in last place with the president of the United States on there. But 81 million votes.
Sure. So you're seeing a groundswell, 400,000 copies of this book. That is not a small amount. That is not an insignificant amount. There is something going on. Now, I never underestimate the Republicans' party uh, ability to <laughs> screw anything up. Especially, I saw Steve Bannon put something on Getter today about the debt ceiling coming up. And what I've, I've told you for every single year that this show's been on the air, wherever it's been, I have told you that Mitch McConnell gets his ass kicked in the debt ceiling every single time by uh, Pelosi and Schumer. And we'll see now. Here we go again. We'll see if they get anything from it or if they just cave when that comes up. Well, he'll probably just cave because it's by design. He'll get what he wants out of it, and we won't hear about it, and they'll get what they want. That's about it. You see Pelosi not taking Jim Jordan. You see Pelosi. Who does she want? Who does she want? She wants Adam Kinzinger. Is that a surprise to anybody? And Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney, Kinzinger, Collins, Murkowski. We've gone through them all. Uh, Romney, all of them. They're all the same. The media loves them. The left wing loves them. That's because they're not Republican. But there's something going on. To Levin's point, I think he's right. We'll see if that momentum continues into 2022 and the former president will hold uh, a big hand in helping push that down the line. But I thought that was just fantastic. If you haven't got your copy, I'd encourage you to go buy it. Yeah, Damon's up to page two. I'm up to page two. (laughs) Because it looks good here on the set and I never want to take it home. Seventeen past the hour, live from Studio Six B on a Friday night. Crazy Town's coming up. It's short, but it's sweet. I mean, it's, you're not going to believe this response. Now, you know, he flew back from Cincinnati, so he could have just been tired. But um, <laughs> oh man, what a response! The, when you hear his response, and then you hear the reporter's response to his response, is um, is uh, is pretty good. So, all right, we'll do some more news in a second as well. But let's do some more sports and hear what that's Rick and Marati. Yellow, what's going hey, on, Rick? Big day, yellow. Uh, anyway, big big news tonight. Um, a typhoon <laughs> could wreak havoc on the Tokyo Olympics next week. This is from Jackie Salo of New York Post Sports. Um, only the latest worry facing the troubled competition of the Olympics because they're dealing with the COVID nineteen issues there. But uh, the potential storm may head dangerously close to Japan's capital city Monday. Just two days into the summer. Games according to the Joint Typhoon Warning Center. Uh, forecasters warn that there's a medium chance for potential tropical development. The storm is currently forming in the Philippine Sea and expected to travel west over the weekend, forecasters said. Um, However, you know, they introduced Olympics the first year. They've introduced surfing. Uh, so the surfers are all well, excited. It's going to be one hell of a day for that. <laughs> they can't one wait. one hell of a day for that, yeah. They are ready for the potential surge. And, uh, well, we'll have a great report on that come Monday. I can't wait. And a uh, real little Friday night rodeo, PRCA rodeo, Fiesta Days rodeo in Spanish Fork, Utah, at the Spanish Fork Arena. Round one, bareback, Garrett Shadbolt on short night, 89 and a half. 
Saddlebrock, Brody Crest riding on Bordertown, had an 87 and a half. Bull riding, Brady, Brady Portner on Big Don, 88 and a half. Steer wrestling, Tory Johnson on 3.9 seconds. And team roping, Dustin Esquiza and Travis Graves, 3.8 seconds. Good score. Uh, tie down roping, Shad Mayfield in 7 and a half seconds. And Bauer racing, Marcy Wilson, 16.97 seconds. Any score under 17 in Bauer racing is a good score. And uh, next week is the Frontier Days in uh, Wyoming, so we'll have a big report on that. It's a whole big fiesta, and all my Twitter, a lot of my Twitter followers are letting me know that i got to make sure I keep a full report next week on that with the rodeo. And that's a short one, Big D, but back to you. All right, so here's Biden, cut 6G, with the restaurateur on getting uh, people back to work. Uh, roll that. This is John Lanny. He is the owner and co-founder of a restaurant group with 39 restaurants across the country, Mr. President. He is a Republican. John. Hi there, Mr. Hey, President. Hi. Thank you for taking my question tonight. Uh, we employ hundreds of hardworking team members throughout the state of Ohio and across the country, and we're looking to hire more every day as we try to restart our restaurant business. The entire industry, amongst other industries, continue to struggle to find employees. How do you and the Biden administration plan to incentivize those that haven't returned to work yet? Hiring is our top priority right now. Well, two things. One, if you notice, we kept you open. We spent billions of dollars to make sure restaurants could stay open. And, uh, and uh, a lot of people who now but by the way let me just let me just jump in here for a second i'm not exactly sure what he's talking about in this latest bill but barstool sports did more than the federal government to keep small business open let's just remember that and and actually when it really counted when they really needed it and actually uh, my brother-in-law has two three different uh places uh in the state of new york and he was he was taking care of it himself. He got no help from the federal government for his restaurants and his bars. So I don't know what this guy's talking about. Maybe they didn't, uh, you know, maybe old Joe didn't bone up on facts. But then again, that never really stopped him from opening his trap anyway. But, you know, that's what I found talking to people that I know didn't get any help and they needed it. Yeah, uh, I, he's talking about way late in the game here. Any Anything that came from the federal government that was designed for the restaurant industry was nowhere near, of course, all you think of all the red tape, was nowhere near the kind of help that small businesses got from Barstool and Dave Portnoy, what he tried to do. Now, he couldn't nearly affect as many as, obviously, the federal government could have if they had stepped up and done, like, what he tried to do. And I mean, they raised all the money from just normal folks and then went business to business and helped as many as they could. But so I don't know what he's talking about. Like, he, like they, they rode in on some silver white horse when the restaurants really needed it, they were nowhere to be found. So, all right, go ahead. Waiters and waitresses uh, decided that they don't want to do that anymore because there's other opportunities at higher wages because there's a lot of openings now in jobs and people are beginning to move, beginning to move. There's some evidence that maintaining the ability to continue to not to not have your have to pay your rent so you don't get thrown out and being able to provide for unemployment insurance has kept people from going back to work. There's no not much distinction between not going back to work in a restaurant and not going back to work at a at a factory. Uh, so people are looking to change opportunities, change what they're doing. My uh, my deceased wife's father-in-law was a restaurateur up in uh, up in Syracuse, New York. 
And uh, by the way, he tried to convince, he had a, he had a, a restaurant that was in a town called Auburn, about 20,000 people, which was sort of flagship 24-hour a, uh, a day restaurant that, uh, and he offered it to me, which I would have been making five times that I would in law school to try to keep me in Syracuse. But I spent too many times at home, hearing a in his home, hearing a phone call. The cook didn't come in. He's in fight with his wife. What, what's going on? So exactly. I would, I, God love you doing what you do. But all kidding aside, I think it really is a matter of people deciding now that they have opportunities to do other things and there is a shortage of employees. People are looking to make more money and to, and to bargain. And so I think your business and the tourist business is really going to be in a, in a bind for a little while. Um, and uh, one of the things, we're ending all those things that are the things keeping people back from, from going back to work, et cetera. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But, I, but my gut tells me, my gut tells me that part of it relates to, you know, you can make a good salary as a waiter or waitress. Uh, one of my sister-in-laws is of uh, five sisters, makes a very good salary. She works in, in Atlantic City. That's where she's, she, she's from. But it is, there's a lot of people who, who are looking to change their, their occupation. What, 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 <laughs> I, mean, I mean, my gut, my gut tells me you're an idiot. Yeah. What, what is he talking about? Where is this coming from? This, the, all of a sudden, people are not going back to work because they decided now instead of being a waitress or a hostess or a, 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 in, in service in the restaurant industry, they want to go uh, work, work at a, a factory? No, they want to be CEOs. Yeah, well, what is he talking that, about? That's what it is. They, they decided, well, I don't want to do this work anymore. I get paid more to sit home. Uh, he's failing to mention that in that garbled mess. But also, he's making it sound like these people are like, well, you know, I, I'm done serving the public. Um, now I want a, a salary position of 80000 a year, and I want this, and I want this, and I want, uh, I want all, all the bells and whistles that go for it. But meanwhile, they're, they're slinging, slinging uh, you know, lunch orders six months earlier i'm sorry it's not the, that's not the way it works but there's you work no, your way up it doesn't work to, uh, but my point is that there's no reporting or data that shows that there's they, they they've gone out and measured um the american worker and they're finding that some overwhelming amount of workers have decided you know now's really a good time for a career change i decided i've spent my whole life uh, being in it's the service industry and restaurants and now i'm gonna go be a welder i mean where is that coming from where have we seen reporting or data showing that that all of a sudden i mean you know he says we're gonna end you know we're gonna end some of the things that have uh, blah, 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 blah. yeah you think so i could tell you right now the conversation i'm the conversations we're hearing coming out of the press briefing room about um mass mandates going back in place and all this other stuff back in place you think he's not going to be looking at extending these benefits? You think he's not going to be looking at extending some of the other things as we get towards October, November? He's got the housing mortgage forbearance still out there that ends in October for most people. You think he's not going to be looking to extend that if they start going, well, you may need to start locking down and mass and this and all this other stuff. Come on. Who's, who's he kidding? He's just, again, just rambling, making things up like he did through this whole town hall. Hey, by the way, good, God love you for being a restaurateur, but let me trash your industry here. <laughs> Tell you you're cheap. You got to spend more money. And yeah, you might go out of business, but, uh, you know, hang on there, buddy. A guy.
guy who knows nothing about the private sector. That that that's basically what that is. Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Rick Delgado's here with the news. Rick Amorati's got more sports coming up. Gio Fran holding it down as always. Lots to do here. Let's get to some things. I've been teasing it all show. Crazy town. Uh, Joe Biden got back from Cincinnati, Ohio, and his his horrific town hall with uh, Don Lemon. One of the most respected journalists out there, <laughs> you know, because he keeps it really yeah. truthful and uh, yeah. And um, he got off got off of um, Marine One at the White House lawn. Walked up, I mean, before he walked in, got a couple questions from the media. Oh, and he- uh, well, here's how it went. Crazy Town G. Here's one of the questions. Roll it. Are there people in the Republican Party who think we're sucking the blood out of kids? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Are there people in the oh. Democratic Party who want to... What <laughs> is wrong with this guy? <laughs> seems, like a, uh, seems like a reasonable answer to a reasonable oh. question. <laughs> what is that? Wow. What is that? One more time, G. One more time for the non-believers. The question, <laughs> the question was, are there people in the Democratic Party who want to defund the police? Uh, it seems like a legitimate you know question what? to me. And he answers it very Fauci-like. <laughs> he, he answers it like someone who doesn't want to answer the question with a, a, a Fauci-esque type of response. One more time. Roll it. Are there people in the Republican Party who think we're sucking the blood out of kids? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Are there people in the Democratic Party who want to... Look at that. Look at that. Her response... Uh, <laughs> she's thinking, what the hell did he just say to me? Yeah. That's becoming we hold these truths to be self-evident because he memorized it. And then he just walks... He's, uh, and he uh, walks away. <laughs> If you Get notice, off my he smirks as he walks away. What'd you say? If you notice, he smirks as he walks away. Yeah, he, he wanted to say, well, you're, you're an idiot, and walk away. I mean, that, that is, I mean, it's not like she said, um, you know, did you ever see Hunter Biden doing crack? Or, I mean, where he could have got legitimately pissed off, at least for a reason. I mean, that's a legitimate question. Yeah, you would I, think. I mean, I mean, given that he just talked about it in the town hall, which, of course, we ran with the receipts of the police and all, all of that. Well, not only that, but that's the second time he's done that now. He's brought up that sucking the blood thing, and he did it at the town he hall. He did it at the town hall, correct. Because he, I feel like he's trying to use that as a narrative, like, oh, you know, those Republicans, they, they're, all, they're all conspiracy theorists. They want to suck the blood. They say we're sucking the blood out of kids. Yeah. Um, all right, so I, I didn't get to this yesterday, but I did talk about it because this is this was a little surprising to me because Kelly O'Donnell's not exactly known as um, to challenge anybody in the press briefing room from NBC. She's pretty much in line, I would think, with the administration on most things. Well, yesterday it didn't near, nearly go that way as the talk of kids and masks and mask mandates coming back and where they stand and they won't be honest with anything. Uh, here's how that went. Roll it, G. Kelly, go ahead. 
Is there a conversation about encouraging people to make the personal choice that Dr. Walensky talked about today if they, for example, are vaccinated but live in a state with low vaccination rates or have other considerations? Is part of your messaging going to be encouraging the personal choice piece on mask wearing? Well, that is currently our messaging, right? So I would say that uh, for communities where there are lower rates of vaccination, and, and as we know, that that's really concentrated in only a handful of states across the country where most of the cases are coming from, uh, as we've seen the rise in the Delta variant, which is more transmissible, and if you're not vaccinated, it is transferring, no question, uh, more quickly uh, across people, people should wear masks. And that is something we will continue to encourage uh, leaders and civic leaders and educators uh, and uh, people who are trusted voices in communities to make clear. And those are vaccinated people you're referring to to make the personal choice to wear the mask in those high rate areas. That's, that, that's, that's not the advice of the CDC at this point in time. So that is not a message we are conveying to okay, people. Dr. Walensky said today that it can be a personal choice. For of course. Vaccinated. Of course, it can be. And some people make that decision because they are immunocompromised, because uh, they have family members, because they just want an extra layer of protection. And we should all uh, respect that. But it is not proactive guidance that the CDC is providing. Last night, the president said you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Why did he say that when that is not what the science says? Well, what the science says is that 97% of hospitalizations are people who are unvaccinated. So yes, there are uh, cases of individuals who are vaccinated, to be absolutely clear, who, uh, who do have gotten COVID. It is a very small percentage and a small number of people. And those cases, vast, vast, vast majority are asymptomatic and they have, uh, they have minor symptoms, which means uh, that you are largely protected. That was the point he was trying to make last night. It's been a couple of days since we talked about the breakthrough case on the campus here mm -hmm. and that you acknowledge there were additional breakthrough cases. Can you give us now the number of breakthrough cases that have occurred uh, during the Biden presidency? Well, I would say first that um, our medical experts, our health experts, have been conveying from the beginning, as have we, that there would be cases of individuals who are vaccinated who uh, tested positive for <laughs> Don't COVID. Run interference. Uh, there are 2,000 people who work on the campus. Oh. Uh, and of course, so that means that just statistically speaking, They're there will justified. be people who are uh, vaccinated individuals who get COVID on the campus. Uh, what I announced yesterday or conveyed yesterday was what our policy would be moving forward. Uh, uh, but no, I don't think you can expect that we're going to be providing numbers of breakthrough cases. No. Really? That's not transparency to give us a number, not the names, but a number of these cases. You must have that information. Well, Kelly, I think, one, we're in a very different place than we were several months ago. Uh, the vast, vast, vast majority of individuals who are vaccinated who get COVID will have will be asymptomatic or have mild cases. Uh, every individual uh, at this White House has been offered a vaccine. And we have been very clear that we will be uh, transparent with anyone who has had close proximity contact with the president or any of the four principals as deemed by the White House Medical Unit uh, with all of you. And if they, uh, if they approve having their name released, we will also release their names, but we will protect their privacy. That will be our policy moving forward. And we understand and agree that that is in the public interest. <laughs> so Kelly, you work for NBC. Why are you questioning me like this? <laughs> is what she wanted to say. I yeah. think we're gonna have to have a talk after this is done. Yeah, so not too much transparency there with how many people who work at the White House or on campus there have gotten the vaccine and gotten COVID. Not at all. Kind of amazing when you stop and think about it, because you know they're they're the most transparent. 
from what I understand, they, they were talking about it the, just a, a couple of weeks ago. I think Biden said, you know, we're the most transparent administration. But can't seem to uh, give you a simple number. And from the CDC, by the way, what Kelly O'Donnell was referring to, um, from the CDC's website, COVID-19 vaccines are effective. However, a small percentage of people who are fully vaccinated will still get COVID-19 if they're exposed to the virus that causes it. The CDC's own website states these are called vaccine breakthrough cases, which, of course, she was referring to. Uh, This means that while people who have been vaccinated are much less likely to get sick, it will still happen in some cases. It's also possible that some fully vaccinated people might have infections but not have symptoms, asymptomatic infections. Experts uh, at the CDC continue to study how common these cases are. And you had people on social media who responded to Biden saying this, that, you know, if you have the just a flat statement of if you have the vaccine, you're not going to get COVID. And Adam Brooks points out if Trump said this lie, he'd have been front page news in, in every country. Ours and most countries' data show this is a dangerous lie. Where's the fact check here on Biden? Uh, Jenny for Congress, Jenny Garcia Sharon says, so the runway Texas Democrats didn't test positive for COVID-19? Was it all a lie to push mandated masks or deflect from their ignorance of running away? You have what, That's fine. Uh, Or did Biden just spread misinformation to millions of people? So, um... You know, just again, the double standard of what what he can get away with and what former president could get away with. So, yeah. all right, last thing I want to get to, Biden on inflation. We already touched on this a little bit, um, but here's his nonsense on the only way to fight inflation is to spend more money. Roll that. The economy is picking up significantly as it reopens from the pandemic. Are you concerned about the higher inflation prices, especially as we see gasoline, automotive, and food prices increase rapidly? What is your administration doing to help prevent the economy from overheating, such as the poor and middle class are not hurt by the higher prices of goods in the long run? First of all, the good news is the economy is picking up significantly. It's rational when you think about it. The cost of an automobile is kind of back to what it was before the pandemic. We compare what the prices were for the last year in the pandemic, and they are up. They're up because, in fact, there was not much call for. For example, automobiles. You know, you had the rental car companies selling off their entire stock. You found yourself in the same way with automobile dealers. And all of a sudden now it's coming back. We're going to grow at 7% as expected. We, we created more jobs in the first six months of my, our administration than any time in American history. No president's ever, no administration's ever created as many jobs. Or and all of a sudden people are saying... No, I don't say, but it goes to the legitimate question being asked about the concern about inflation. The vast majority of the experts, including Wall Street, are suggesting that it's highly unlikely that it's going to be long-term inflation that's going to get out of hand. Hey, stop it. Just just stop for a second. I want to just, I wish I had thought about this and pulled the clip of Janet Yellen on with CNBC just three or four days ago as she told the host there, Sarah... I can't think of her last name, that she expects to see inflation run hot for at least another four to six months, she said. So he doesn't even, he's not even representing the truth of his own uh, Treasury Secretary here when he says that. 
She just told CNBC in a sit-down interview that she expects inflation to run like this, if not more. Whatever it is at 5.3, whatever it is, it's, it's whatever they tell you it is, I can guarantee you it's probably double. Um, so he's not even in touch with his own Treasury Secretary here. Go ahead. Term inflation because everything is now trying to be picked back up. And by the way, that's one of the reasons why I also signed an executive order dealing with the whole idea of competition. You know, the idea that we're in a situation where there are so many companies who are tr- keeping people out of the competition. For example, you have over 600,000 people out there signing, uh, 6 million people signing, uh, I better check the number, uh, uh, of signing non-compete agreements. Just making stuff Not up. Not because yeah. they have any state, any secret, but because they were work for one fast food restaurant and they're told they can't get 10 cents more going across town, going to the other fast food restaurant. Why? To keep wages down. And so what's happening now is all of a sudden, people are having choices. Go find an you article know, about that. I always thought problem. the free market <laughs> system was me. not only that there's competition among companies, but guess what? Companies should have to compete for workers. You know, guess what? Maybe we'll pay more money. So you seem of pretty course. confident just, that, that inflation is temporary, but if you're pumping all of this money into the economy couldn't that add to no the, the, hey, the deal. Don, Moody's today when our wall street firm Says not no. some liberal think tank <laughs> said if we pass the other two things i'm trying to get done we will in fact reduce inflation oh reduce how's that inflation yeah reduce inflation yes because Stop. you're going to be providing spend another good six opportunities trillion. and jobs for people who in fact are going <laughs> only in his mind can that that those economics work yeah spend more to have less inflation deflate the dollar devalue the dollar the ice cubes melting at a rate we've <laughs> barely seen but if we get it to put more heat on it somehow it's going to save the ice cube from from melting don't worry <laughs> oh my god your kids and grandkids too i live from studio 6b more to do we're back right after this Live from Studio 6B, 13 till the hour. Time to do a little more news. And here with that is Rick Delgado. What's going on? All right. Well, here's an interesting story. I don't know if you heard about the uh, the, the hullabaloo over Ben and Jerry's, but Texas is now considering banning Ben and Jerry's over their Israel boycott. Yes, a top Texas official said Thursday he's considering banning Ben & Jerry's statewide after the Vermont-based company announced it will no longer sell ice cream in Occupied Palestinian territory, as uh, Ben and Jerry's refers to it as Texas State Comptroller Glenn Hagar said he has directed a staff to review whether Ben and Jerry's or its parent company Unilever have violated the state's boycott Israel laws. I didn't even know they had these laws. Texas law under Chapter 808 bars companies from refusing, terminating business, or taking any action that is intended to penalize, inflict economic harm on, or limit commercial relations with Israel. Uh, They said in a statement, Texas has always made it very clear that they stand with the people of Israel, Hagar said, and we oppose actions that could determine Israel's economy and its people. The announcement by Ben and Jerry's earlier this week uh, that a large part of the Palestinian-led campaign to protest Israel's involvement in the West Bank in 
and Gaza Strip. The move was met with pushback from both Democrats and Republicans, despite the company's decision not to uh, uh, to continue to sell ice cream in Israel through a different arrangement. Uh, New York Republican Representative Nicole Malatakis urged people to take a stand against one of the most popular U.S. ice cream companies and New York City Believe it or not, Bill de Blasio said he would be foregoing Cherry Garcia for a while. So amazing. Something like that can bring both sides together. But, uh, you know, just another just another attack on the uh, the the American uh, or I should say on our uh, on our um, allies. Uh, yeah, it's amazing that Bill de Blasio would take any position in support of any Jew, of course, because some would classify him as a self-hating Jew. Uh, which we've talked about on this show, and there's many of them. And there was a great article in the American Spectator, by the way, just about this, on this Ben and Jerry's thing by uh, Doe Fisher. Let Ben Cohen and Jerry Greenfield choke on their Jew-hating woke. Ben and Jerry's will no longer sell ice cream in what they call the occupied Palestinian territory. And, and the point of the article, and he, and he, and he, and he um, focuses on like a Bernie Sanders and a Bill de Blasio, uh, Rashida Tlaib, uh, New York's anti-Semite of color, AOC. But there's a lot of self-hating Jews uh, that you're seeing more and more of it, spe- specifically in the Democratic Party. And he says, you think Jews cannot be Jew haters? Does any serious, open-minded, non-woke American still really believe that Jews are all in it together? How foolish, even as Ilhan Omar is the worst Jew hater in Congress, with the salutatorian award going to Rashida Tlaib, honorable mention for New York's anti-Semite of color, AOC, and Betty McCollum of Minnesota, their champion in the U.S. Senate is Jew-hater Bernie Sanders. He endorses them when they seek election, and they endorse him. They're all in it as one together. They are the epicenter of Israel hatred and Jew hatred in Congress. But wait, Bernie Jew- Sanders is a Jew, isn't he? Well, yes, how, how, how can a Jew line up in bed with outright, unashamed, unhabited Jew haters? Does that make any sense? Well, yes, it does, Mr. Fisher says. And I'll link this on our um, social sites because it's a very good read because it's prevalent in the Democratic Party. We saw it out of the New York City mayor during the summer as he was locking down uh, parks and other things targeted at the Jewish community in New York City. So. Yeah. Definitely. All right, what else is going on in the news? Uh, Republican mayoral candidate Curtis Slewa stepped it up, and he stepped in to stop a deranged man who randomly went off on strangers, including one woman who appeared to whip out a knife in the Bronx the other day. Didn't you guys have him on the... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. We can't, we can't long story. <laughs> a video showed that the Guardian Angels founder trying to calm the man down who was screaming at passerbys, including a woman and her young daughter, around 12.30 p.m. in the afternoon uh, at the corner of Fordham and Webster, Webster Avenue. Relax, relax, Slewa told the man. He then set his sights on the mom, the the, the ranting uh, lunatic guy, and he says uh, he started yelling at them, yelling things like "You lie, you never fed me," and he pointed his finger and tried to poach people on the street. That's when uh, Lewa, a uh, Sliwa, I should say, the red-headed, red beret-wearing Gracie Mansion. I don't know why I said that. Hopeful kept his cool as he stood between the unhinged man and the woman and child. Stay away from me, the woman can be heard saying off camera, and the ar- argument escalated as the woman appeared to pull out a blade prompting Sliwa to repeatedly tell her to put the knife down. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of a, a, a I guess, Welcome just another day City. in New York yeah. City. Yeah. Welcome to New York City, exactly. And, and, and basically, you know, 40, 50 years after what he had to deal with, he's dealing with it again now. 
Yeah. All right, let's do some more. Uh, we'll do some more news. Uh, welcome to New York City. Let's do some sports. And uh, here with that's Rick Amorati. What's going on, pal? All right, big D. Well, Tampa Bay Lightning national anthem singer and Air Force vet hospitalized with coronavirus despite vaccine. This is from uh, Bree Stimson of Fox News earlier today. U.S. Air Force veteran Sonia Bryson Kirksey, uh, who sings the national anthem for the NHL's Tampa Bay Lightning, became a familiar face to TV viewers during the team's recent run to the Stanley Cup championship. Good voice, by the way. I saw her when the Islanders were playing Tampa. Uh, But her celebration of the team's uh, uh, title didn't last long. Last week, she was hospitalized with coronavirus despite being vaccinated in March, according to reports. Her husband, Jimmy Kirksey Jr., said she had tested positive for the Delta variant and was doing better on Thursday morning. Uh, Bryson Kirksey, 54, has battled multiple sclerosis for years and has other underlying health conditions that could make her more susceptible to the virus. She said, this is probably the sickest I've been in my entire life. Um, She told the Tampa Bay Times, breathing is hard, talking is hard, I'm fighting to keep my life. The singer told the newspaper she had celebrated the Lightning Stanley Cup win with fans four days before she tested positive and thinks she was likely infected by someone there. So anyway, that's a very interesting story uh, with that Air Force veteran and fantastic singer, as I mentioned earlier, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. The world champion, Stanley Cup. Yeah. Tampa and that's, that's a, exactly the situation we've talked about. There's people who really yeah. need this vaccine and they need it to work to protect themselves. Like, like she clearly has other conditions and yeah, obviously but, now she got it and it still didn't protect her totally. Right. And, and, and that's the other thing we were talking uh, last night, Rick and I off, offset is that uh, what about the NFL? If they have somebody who was vaccinated, gets sick and then causes a game to be canceled. How do they handle that? I have no idea. Yeah, because they're wording in their statement. Ask Chairman um, Kim. uh, Not Kim. Chairman Mao. Chairman Chairman Goodell. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Um, And just a couple of quick wraps before the weekend. Uh, We have the 3M Open Tournament, July 22nd to the 25th in the Twin Cities. This is Blaine, Minnesota. And uh, looking for a late push in the FedEx Cup standings, uh, Ricky Fowler carried over the strong play yesterday with a 7-under 64 in the first round of the 3M Open. Fowler set the opening round pace with a bogey-free round, later equaled by Jonathan uh, Vegas and Troy Merritt who attended Spring Lake Park High School about six miles south of the TPC Twin Cities. And as I always tell you, let's see if any of these three are still in the lead come on, come Sunday night when we report this on Monday. Uh, as well, NASCAR is taking a few weeks off. They won't be going again until August 8th, which probably works out good with the Olympics. They'll have the Watkins, Glen's, uh, the Watkins Glen International. And NHRA is in action. The Sonoma Nationals uh, kick off this afternoon, uh, 2021 uh, Sonoma Raceway in California. So we'll have a full recap on that on Monday's sports. And that's a wrap in sports, Big D. Okay, very good, Rick. I want to remind you, tomorrow on Real America's Voice, they'll have full coverage of Donald Trump's rally in Phoenix, Arizona. And I believe it's slated to start at 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Our coverage will start at 5 p.m. right here on Real America's Voice. Uh, And we'll have coverage um, all the way through the president's speech. We'll have coverage after the speech. So tomorrow, if you're around and in front of the TV with nothing to do, Make sure you got it fired up here on Real America's Voice as President Trump will be in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And I got a feeling with what's going on in Arizona, he's going to have a lot to say. He's going to have a lot to say about what's going on. More and more starts to come out of Arizona. Now you've had, uh, well, there's just a lot going on there with the uh, election results. But, I mean, Fox News called it, you know, four minutes after eight. So (laughs) really nothing to talk about. But uh, we'll see what the president has to say tomorrow. 
right here on Real America's Voice. It's been a great week. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks, guys, on the show for a great week. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. Make sure you visit us on social media. Check us out, live from Studio6B.com. We will see you on Monday. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday, 8 p.m., right here, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. We'll see you then.